You're listening to the One Man Show Network. Welcome to the MMA Fight Picks Podcast with your host, Aaron Weinbaum. Hey kids, and welcome to the MMA Fight Picks Podcast. I am your host, Aaron Weinbaum, and today I have a very special guest from MMAoddsbreakers.com. Nick Kalikas, am I saying that right? Please tell me I'm saying that right. You are. You're saying it right. Oh, sweet, sweet. And of course, there's a little uh, known fight card this weekend, UFC 229 from Las Vegas. Khabib versus McGregor. And as we do this podcast, the fight is on. Nobody has missed weight. It's the Thursday before. How excited are you? Man, I can't believe it's happening in a way. You know, a lot of us as fans, obviously, have been waiting for this fight for a long time. And, you know, the fear that most of us have in occasions like this or somebody's going to miss weight, somebody's going to fall off the guard with injury or something like that. So, obviously, we're close to the weigh-in date. Um, so, everything looks to be okay for the moment. Uh, but, yeah, I can't wait, man. I hope everything stays together. Oh man, me too. I, uh, I'm, I'm just like you. I am super nervous that this isn't going to happen, but listen, tell me just a little bit about yourself and, uh, you know, what it is you do. Well, um, I originated a lot of the betting odds that have appeared for UFC for the last several years, um, through some various sports books. Um, so I also consult with Don Best Sports and the odds get posted on Don Best and of course the market uh, usually follows as well. So I've been doing that for several years. I'm, you know, I have a website called MMAoddsBreaker.com as well. We focus on betting lines, fight previews, picks, and that sort of thing as well. So basically MMA odds making, combat sports I should say as well because we focus more on uh, glory and other leagues as well now. So a little bit of everything. So I have a question now. Do you, do, uh, do you focus on like the prop bets as well? Like do you, do you take odds on uh, if Khabib's going to make weight or any of that stuff? Yeah, we do, actually. And there's some um, ones that just got released uh, at BetDSI, um, actually, yesterday, I believe, the day before. Nice. I'm going to open up some of them. And, and specializing in this, especially for Khabib and uh, Connor, you know, obviously such a big fight. So requests came in for some silly props as well. I mean, there's some crazy props sometimes, more media-driven props, which, you know, obviously clickbait-type stuff as well. Yeah, I'm sure. More than anything else. Nothing like real, really um, serious with those. But then, of course, matchup props as well, like, you know, by submission, by KO, and that sort of thing as well. So a little bit of mix, you know, with everything here as well for this fight. And they're going to offer a lot more than, uh, you know, the normal standard props that you would get in, uh, you know, on a regular UFC card just because of the power of Connor. Now, I've had a, I've had a lot of fun guests on this uh, particular podcast, but nobody is qualified as you. And I always tell people, don't Make bets based on my picks, but maybe, maybe make some bets based on yours, but no pressure, right? Oh, no problem. No problem. All right. And, uh, you know, and we hear odds and I'm, I'm sure you're going to tell me some odds and we'll, we'll have to explain that a little bit to the more lay, layman person here. But, uh, how about we pick Aspen Ladd versus Tanya Evinger? Are there, is there a prop bet that Aspen Ladd shows up to this fight healthy? <laughs> no, no. Um, I don't think we have to be too concerned about that. I know that she had an issue recently 
but I, still, I think that uh, you know she's going to be okay for this one. That's pretty good, though. Uh, and you know what? Those are the kind of out of the box and you know outside thinking uh, props that some of these books actually like. They like to come yeah. up with some of those uh, you know fun props or whatnot as well. Um, but this fight in itself, I mean, Lad is coming in as a favorite. She's minus one seventy five right now at Bet DSI. Um, the comeback on Avengers plus 145. This line has moved all over the place. Wow. Early action came in on Avenger because uh, Lad opened a little bit higher. She opened over two to one. So the betting public came in and hit Avenger right away and, and drove the line down. And then some sharper action actually came back in on Lad and drove the line back up a little bit. So it's closer to two to one now, just under two to one uh, where it's sitting. Um, and there has been some two-way action in this fight. But it seems like the general consensus is on uh, Avenger and the sharper betters are actually on Aspen Lad. And honestly, I do agree with the sharper side of things here. I think stylistically, it's a good fight for Lad. Avenger is a tough lady. We all know that. I mean, she's a veteran of the sport, been around mm -hmm. for a while, former Invicta champion. I mean, her credentials speak for themselves. But stylistically, this is a tough fight for her because I think Avenger needs to kind of grind people out, get this fight to the floor, do what she does best. Um, she, you know, she has good ground to pound. She has the ability to finish the fight by submission underground as well. She's a grinder, but I think it's going to be tough for her to do that to Aspen Ladd. I think Aspen Ladd's striking is a lot better. Uh, I think her takedown defense is good enough where she's going to be able to, to stay upright. If she does get taken down, I think she might be able to reverse and get on top. And Aspen Ladd on top of Avenger is not a good thing for Avenger because Aspen Ladd could be some nasty, you know, drop some nasty ground to pound down as well. So I do favor Ladd here. I think just stylistically it's a bad fight for Avenger. Ladd is the younger fighter. I think she has more upside at this point as well. And Avenger is just going to be one of these fighters. I think that the UFC is going to match up and you get a quality win over Avenger, then you're on the right track for sure. Wow. Woo. That's tough, man. I, uh, I, I tend to lean toward Avenger in this fight. Uh, she's definitely been the more active fighter, but of course you can't, uh, discount that, uh, Aspen owns a win over Lena Landsberg, who, you know, they both fought Cyborg, uh, Lena and Tanya, but you can't really do the MMA math on this. I, I just, I like Tanya. She's never lost at 135 pounds, but Aspen hasn't either. So this, this, this is, this is interesting, but here's what breaks it for me. Uh, Tanya is a Missouri girl. I'm from Missouri. So I think Tanya takes the fight. How about that? Hey, I totally get it, man. That I've, is... you know, I'm an Ohio guy, so I've I've rooted for <laughs> Ohio uh, <laughs> UFC fighters several times. So yeah, you gotta stick, you gotta stay loyal. So and especially a close fight like that, like you said, if you're on the fence with it, mm -hmm. totally understand. Awesome, man. I like this flyweight fight, uh, Sergio Pettis, Juicio Formiga. Woo, man. Uh, you know, a win with either of these guys puts him right back up there. You know, and. Yeah, I was surprised Sergio even made it the distance, really, with Henry Cejudo. And uh, what do you think? It's a great fight. I mean, both of these guys have really improved their games quite a bit lately. I think they're both deserving of, you know, being kind of in the title shot mix. And you're right, the, the winner of this fight takes a huge step towards that again. I mean, unfortunately for them, like you said, they both lost to Cejudo. Mm -hmm. Pettis obviously made it. Um, you know, Formiga did not last in that fight, but... That being said, again, I mean, outside of those, they've been great, man. I mean, Pettis has been on a heck of a roll. His win over Benavides in his, you know, last time out was very impressive. Um, Formiga, man, he's such a tough matchup for a lot of fighters because if, even if he doesn't, you know, necessarily have the greatest wrestling, he finds a way to get your back, and then he's a backpack. He's just tough to get off. He's he's, mm -hmm. he's got such good jujitsu and such grappling that man. I mean, once he starts working his his ground game, it's tough to to really get anywhere with him. So Pettis has been put on his back in the past, mm -hmm. um, and you know, Formiga is going to go that route. He's not going to want to stand and bang with Pettis too much, no. even though Formiga has improved that striking a little bit. Um, he has 
has. He's gotten a little bit more power, a little bit more confidence on the feet, but it's still, I mean, in this spot here, he's not going to want to do that. So that's why I think this fight's kind of tough. I think Formiga can make this an ugly fight. And I think, uh, you know, if he gets Pettis down repeatedly or takes his back, uh, he could even sub Pettis possibly. I mean, Pettis underground has pretty good jujitsu in his own right. His sub defense is actually pretty solid as well. Um, so maybe he survives on the ground with them. Uh, but I think it's it's another case where Pettis is going to want to try to keep this thing standing and Formiga is going to want to get this to the ground. So intriguing fight. The betting line is actually Pettis at minus 155 right now. Really? The comeback on Formiga is plus 125. So yeah, slight favorite for Pettis. I think it's about right because, you know, like I said, I slightly lean towards Pettis as well. But from a betting perspective, I wouldn't lay the chalk right now. It's just Formiga's, like I said, he, he'll make this fight ugly. And, you know, if he doesn't get finished and put out of there, he'll probably have a real shot on the scorecards here as well. So you're thinking you're thinking it's just not something you would bet on or, uh, you know, is it? Just no, I tight? think there is a value. Yeah, I think there is a little bit of value in Formiga. But again, the, the mm-hmm. line has dropped a little bit as well. There's been some action that's uh, taken that Formiga line down a little bit more. So as it drops to a lower price, then the value is kind of going away. So where it's at right now, plus 125, plus 135, that's probably about the max. I think around that spot, if you can get you know 130s or so, there should be a little bit of value there. But beyond that, I would probably stay away. So it, you know, when you're betting, honestly, in MMA and all sports, it's it's a game of line value. You know, yeah. uh, some fights don't have value at certain prices, and others do. Even if you think somebody's going to win, obviously, you know, it, it doesn't matter. You have to shop for the right price and at the right time. So I think, yeah, maybe around plus one, like I said, one thirties or so. There's some value, a little bit of value left in Formiga, but outside of that, you stay away from it. All right, man. Woo, this is tough too. I, you know, if you want to go strength of schedule, I think Pettis kind of edges him out a little bit. Um, you know, Pettis just fought in June. Formiga fought, uh, gosh, he hasn't fought since February. So, you know, just based on, I, I think just based on strength of schedule and frequency of fighting, I, I want to, I just want to go with Pettis on this, you know, and, and that's may not be a good reason, but, uh, that's just my gut instinct on this. I, I'm going to go with Pettis, but no method of victory on this. Cause like you said, th- this could be ugly and this could go either way. This one. Yeah, no, no doubt. Yeah, like I said, I think it's it's a tough one. I mean, I've been going back and forth on this fight as well, and I'm going to see how the weigh-ins kind of you know look, how each fighter looks. That's important a little bit as well. Not too mm-hmm. important. I mean, it's not going to sway things drastically, but if some fighter looks like he's suffering with a terrible weight cut or whatnot or misses weight or whatnot, you know, you could kind of maybe get something out of there to, to make you change your mind or be a little bit more decisive on a side. All right, man. Uh, next fight. I like this. Uh, you got the karate hottie, Michelle Watterson against Felice Herrig. Woo. What are you thinking? This is a pick em type of fight almost. I mean, even at the betting window right now, it's minus 120 for Herrig, minus 110 for Watterson. There's some minus 120s, even monies out there as well. So it's, it's basically a pick em. A pick em, it would be like minus 110 either way, or minus 115 either way. So anything around this is a very competitive fight, and it should be, right? I think mm-hmm. both these ladies have a path to victory here. I mean, Watterson, I think, is the more technical fighter overall. Mm-hmm. She has some stand up skill. She doesn't have a ton of power. It's not like she's going to go out there and just blow you away with her striking, but she's technical. She's fast. She has a speed advantage over Herrig. I I think that's one of Herrig's flaws on the feet. She's just a little bit slow. Her striking has gotten better. She's definitely got some power on the feet as well, but she's hittable and, and she's just a little bit too slow for my liking. I, I wish she you know, could speed things up a little bit on the feet and be a little bit more active as well. So, but if she connects, I think she's definitely the harder hitter and she'll do some damage on Watterson, you know, on the feet as well on the ground. I think Herrig's a little bit stronger. She probably has a little bit of an edge as far as wrestling goes, but Watterson's more technical, I think in her submission, um, 
skills. So that that's interesting as well. I could see these ladies having some fun scrambles on the ground. So I think if this fight hits the scorecards, which it probably will, mm-hmm. I mean, the total for this fight is two and a half over minus 440. There's minus 480. That's ridiculous. So it's basically pointing that it's going, and that's about right. You know what I mean? But I'm saying it's ridiculous because even in ladies' fights, you don't typically see the total being like, you know, laying minus 500-ish or whatever on uh, for it going the distance. So um, obviously this is supposed to go to the distance, and if it does, another split decision type of fight. We're going to probably see 29-28, um, you know, split decision type of fight here. I'm going to probably go as far as a pick. I'll lean uh, Herrig for right mm-hmm. now slightly, but again, I wouldn't be surprised if Watterson pulls it off. This is a tough fight to pick. I tend to agree with you. I think, you know, I think they're pretty evenly matched, you know, and, and for all the reasons you said, but I think when it comes down to it, when when it comes down to grit and, and, and just being the, the meter nastier fighter, I, I got to go with Felice on that edge and, you know, Michelle out. You know, nothing against Michelle Watterson. I think she's a great fighter. I think she's just a little more domesticated. Um, I, I see Felice probably edging this out somehow. Like you said, though, probably a decision. Yeah, more than likely. I think that's that's probably right. All right, man. Next fight at heavyweight. Derek, the Black Beast Lewis against Alexander Volkov. Man, I hope we see a different Derek Lewis than uh, the one that fought Francis Ngannou. I think Dan Henderson said in that fight, very first round, Dan Henderson was there. He goes, I think I scored this round 0-0. And he was right, man. That was a bad fight. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, you're not the only one. I mean, all of us were pretty shocked in that fight, man. Crazy. You know, you have two heavy hitters that are not usually like that, but that's how much respect they have for each other. And that's mm-hmm. how much fear for the power. Obviously they have for each other as well there. Yeah. Uh, but it just was not, expe- especially for Mangano, man was not expecting that at all. I, I don't think Lewis is going to be that inactive or that timid in this fight. Um, even though Volkov is a heck of a heavyweight man. I mean, yeah, he's he is talent. He's big time talent. I mean, he, he's definitely lining himself up towards a title shot and deservingly. So, um, but the win here, gets him one step closer, obviously as well. Yeah. It's not going to be an easy fight though. This is another one tough at the betting window because I think Volkov does have the advantage in this fight, but his price right now is at minus 170. So I'm not liking it too much. I know again, skill set for skill set. There's no question in my mind who the better fighter is. Volkov is certainly better on the feet overall. He's more technical. He's a little bit longer, obviously as well. He doesn't have the the like one punch knockout power that Lewis does, right? But overall, I still think he's by far the better striker. And then on the ground, Volkov actually has a better game as well. I think he's the, probably the better wrestler. I think he's obviously better on the ground with his jujitsu skills. Well, now on the ground though, Lewis gets top position ground and pound wise. Obviously, we know that's. I mean, that's not a good thing for any fighter. Any heavyweight fighter, if Lewis gets on top on the ground, he's just nasty. I mean, he could finish fights that way as well. So if Volkov finds himself on the back on his back, not a good spot. I think Lewis can finish it there or on the feet. Lewis does have enough power. So even if he's getting out pointed, this is what the concern is here. Laying that chalk at minus one seventy. I mean, all it takes is a, a one big punch from Lewis to connect and, and change this you know fight completely. And Volkov in the past has showed a, a bit of a weak chin. So, you know, that's why you got to be cautious here laying this price. I think Volkov does win this fight. He should win this fight. But, man, almost two to one, you're almost laying twice your money on this fight. I don't think it's probably worth it. This is another, you know, sad to say, but it's another pass situation for me. Nice. I uh, I tend to agree. I think Volkov is underrated, man. I mean, don't get me wrong. Obviously, Derek Lewis had some big wins. Francis Ngannou, well, you call that a win. That's not even a win, really. But, you, right. you know, he did lose to Mark Hunt, but he beat Travis Brown. He's, you know, he, you just want to pick him every time because, you know, he's mean. You hope for the big knockout. But really, Volkov has sneakily beat some big names, you know, Verdun, Stefan Struve, Roy Nelson. 
So uh, I, th- I think at this point in the game, I think Volkov's more re- well-rounded, and uh, I think he I think he beats Derek Lewis. So I, I yeah, he should. I kind of hope so, you know, because like I said, I, I want to see him continue that climb. Not that you know, I'm not a Lewis fan. You got to be a Lewis mm-hmm. fan the way I mean that guy is. It's hard not to be, but I still think that you know, skill for skill, Volkov's a better fighter. So I'd like to see him win. All right, man. Me too. Uh, this one is not going to be so hard for me to pick. Uh, odds wise, maybe, but Tony Ferguson. Anthony Pettis at lightweight. What are you thinking? I, I'm excited to see this fight, but I, ha- I have a feeling how it may go. But what are you thinking? Ferguson's a big favorite here, and uh, yeah. you know, rightfully so, based on what they've done recently. Obviously, the last right. you know couple years of their careers or whatnot. So Ferguson's coming in at minus three fifty right now. The comeback on Pettis is at plus two sixty, and that's a bet DSI. Um, he, there's minus three seventy out there, so just under four to one for Tony Ferguson. Which man, back a couple years ago, you would not see Anthony Pettis being this big of a dog to you know you can get him no. at plus three hundred against Tony Ferguson. So that tells you a lot right there. Now, you know, we got to give credit to where credit's due. Pettis did come in, you know, in his last fight and pull off an impressive win um, against Kiesa. In my opinion, though, Kiesa looked, I don't know, he, he didn't look obviously right in that fight to me. Right. I'm not taking anything away again from Pettis because he deserved to get that win. He looked great in that fight, and I was glad to see him kind of get back on track as well. But here, I mean, he's he's facing a different animal, Tony Ferguson. I think stylistically it's a tough matchup, especially for, uh, you know, a declined Anthony Pettis. If he was in his prime, I'd be all over him, especially at the dog price. And still, uh, this is another spot where how much can you really trust Tony Ferguson? You know, he's coming off surgery, a little bit of a layoff. I know the guy was on an extreme roll, and he's definitely one of the best lightweights out there. He's proven that time and time again. But still, I mean, Pettis is not exactly a chump. I mean, he's, he's still has some skill on the feet. He, you know, he's still capable of catching a neck, catching a limb and possibly submitting you. Yeah. I think Ferguson's pretty sound defensively though, as far as the ground game goes. So I don't think we see a sub happening here. I think either way they could probably neutralize each other there, but I do think Ferguson, that pace that he sets as well, it's, it's pretty high and Pettis has, his cardio has been a little bit, you know, suspect even yeah. with his weight dropped to 145 and then back up. So there's a lot of question marks surrounding Pettis, even though again, he, he did bounce back with a pretty solid win. So Ferguson is a rifle favorite, but are you going to lay four to one over a guy that just came off that, you know, the knee issues that he just recently had, I mean, I wouldn't do it. That's just too much risk. There's better spots, maybe not even on this card, but in the future coming up. I mean, there's still so much you know, to bet ahead in the UFC in 2018 that right. part of betting is just being disciplined and picking your spots along the way. And although this card from top to bottom is a really solid card, it's I think it's still not the greatest card for betting, especially where the current numbers are right now. So, again, there's not a lot of spots that scream to me, you know, the that are really that far off enough to, you know, to show up in, in the value end of sports betting right now. So, and this is another one for me. I think, you know, Ferguson is a rightful favorite where it's priced right now, where it's settled at. It's a dog or pass situation. I don't really want to go in on Pettis here. I think so. I'll pick Ferguson to win, but from the betting perspective, I, I'm staying away from this one as well. Yeah. I don't blame you. You look at that scar on Pettis's knee or not Pettis. I'm sorry. And Ferguson's knee, you think, how can this guy even walk? But on the other end, you got, uh, you got Pettis. Yeah, he beat Kiesa. He beat a Kiesa that killed himself to make weight, still didn't make weight. And uh, you're right, he looked bad. He did not look the same. But there's always that uh, there's always that factor with Pettis where he can lay one on you. And Tony Ferguson is known to get rocked in fights. You know, Lando Venata, for example. You know, you you would think he went on to do some great things after that Ferguson fight, but not so much. But it just proves to you that that Tony can get rocked. But in the end, I think he's better conditioned probably than uh, Pettis is. And uh, I think he edges out. But like like you said, 
I wouldn't bet on it either. Yep, yep, it's just tough. You know, like I said, I I just hope it's a good fight. Honestly, I would love to see these guys go to war for three rounds and just being like a classic throwback. You know, Anthony Pettis type of fight that's just phenomenal you know i would love to see these guys test themselves and i think ferguson could use it as well we want to see what's left you know what's how he's gonna look and get pushed a little bit Mm -hmm. you know if he does win this fight because you know obviously he's going to be lined up for a title shot soon as well yeah i agree uh here we go the main event of the evening khabib nurmagomedov against connor the notorious one mcgregor man uh you know everyone loves mcgregor and uh does that affect the odds of how much everyone loves him you know because absolutely <laughs> yes i mean they're just betting on right. him to bet on him right so that moves the odds where he's just this huge huge favorite right no i mean he's not a favorite that's the thing but yeah. you're right too, too though in, in regards to i mean the, the people are betting on him like crazy yeah so but he's not a favorite i mean you can't make him a favorite because the sharp action would just tear up the sports book. So okay. I, I, I personally opened it minus 185 for Khabib over Connor. Connor was plus 155. The action did come in Connor's way and it dropped. Um, you know, the, the sports books actually are pretty heavy on Connor right now in general, but. Uh, you know, a lot of sharp action came back in on Khabib as well. So now they're starting to get a little bit more balance. But in general, I know that even at Westgate and Vegas, for example, to use their some of their stats, um, 74% of the tickets as of yesterday were on Conor McGregor and like 60, you know, say 65% or something around there um, of the action overall was on Conor McGregor in that fight as well. So wow. people are beating Conor McGregor. Um, it, but again, the sharper action, that's more general public bets though. That's more people that are, you know, maybe casual fans, not, you know, diehard fans or not diehard bettors the, most of, I think the, the betters in the MMA community are probably going to go the other side and, and pick Khabib and put their money on Khabib as well. Um, again, the sharper action is coming in that way as well. So the sports books are going to need Khabib to pull off this win. If Conor McGregor pulls off the upset here. Yeah. They're going to lose some serious money in this fight. So, I mean, Khabib is supposed to be the side. I think he is the rightful side in this spot as well. I mean, stylistically, you have a throwback, right? I mean, a, a wrestler versus a striker yeah. in that regard. And, um, you know, so both of these guys are in trouble if they can't get the fight in their realm, right? If Khabib cannot get this fight to the ground and control Connor or, you know, do his thing on the ground, he's going to be in some serious trouble on the feet. But vice versa, obviously, if Connor, you know, isn't able to keep the fight uh, upright he's in some serious trouble on the ground as well so i think connor is in trouble here honestly more than anything else because habib's been such a monster i mean he's such a dominant grappler such a dominant wrestler such a dominant fighter in general that i think connor mcgregor's takedown defense is improving and his ground game has gotten better but there's still levels of you know and he's not on that level as far as stopping and and having a real shot against Khabib on the ground at this point, I think. So we'll see how it plays out. I mean, if Conor McGregor is able to stuff these takedowns and wins this fight by knockout, man, I mean, who's going to beat him in the lightweight division? It's going to be, it's going to have to be somebody that outlasts him in a five round war, kind of like Diaz did, you know what I mean? That almost gets knocked out and it it absorbs that kind of punishment and then maybe waits to wear him out and submits him again. I mean, it's going to have to be a fighter like that, but Diaz barely survived. Yeah, he did. You know, both times actually. He was the much bigger guy. Right. So if McGregor could pull this off, man, he's going to be hard to beat because, you know, a lot of people aren't going to be able to take him to deep waters, I think. So we'll see. This is a big test for both guys. But I do think Khabib's the size. I mean, the side here. I think that, again, his wrestling is going to come into play here. He's just a dominant grappler. I think he finishes the fight on the ground. Imagine 
if he is able to take Connor down yeah. by you know the second round, or if if Connor's able to survive that long and it keeps on dragging out, and Connor's going to have to get up off his back, he's going to be so tired. I mean, it's going to be a grueling fight if he's going to have to consistently try to work off his back and get up. So Habib's going to end up finding a finish here. Wow. Wow. Well, look what Mendez did. I mean, he was, I don't want to say he was out of shape, but he wasn't prepared. He was a much smaller guy and, you know, he was handling Connor for a little bit until he kind of gassed. But man, listen, Khabib beat Al Iaquinta, which makes him the greatest ever. Right? <laughs> yeah, that was a, a quality win. People aren't giving him enough respect for that fight, to no, be honest with you. And I, which is a tough guy to beat. Yeah. And I, I mean, he's got wrestling, you know, he's not the easiest guy to control like that. So that tells you right there alone. I mean, that's a, a big plus for Khabib right there. He was able to ragdoll even Iaquinta at times. Yeah. Iaquinta performed really good in that fight. You know, I was surprised. I was surprised how many times he got up. I mean, you know, because usually Khabib has you down, you're down. Right. Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, that, that's what I'm saying. I mean, in that circumstance with High Quinta, he did phenomenal. So yeah. that's just, you know, hats off to him. But that's just a tough fight for anybody in the lightweight division, High yeah. Quinta. It's not, I mean, so people were acting like, oh, Habib struggled with High Quinta, so he's not as good as we all thought. You know, we've seen those kind of comments. No, that's ridiculous. I mean, you know, it, He's fighting good people, even Michael Johnson, for example. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That fight with uh, nobody really ragdolls Michael Johnson all that much, right? No. And and he did it. You know, he got caught early on and got rocked a little he bit did. in that fight, but and that which was scary. I mean, again, we could see that same thing play out maybe in this McGregor fight here, yeah. but but eventually, look what happened. You know, I, I was thinking Johnson and another guy would be a, a tough matchup for him. You know, wrestler with knockout power that could possibly keep it upright. But look, I mean, Khabib did his thing, got him down, and just. I didn't see anybody put a beating on Michael Johnson at that time like that. That was crazy. No, it and then was. look at Barboza, man. I mean, Barboza has excellent takedown yeah. defense. I mean, the guy has good takedown defense. And outside of well, obviously now you know since he got exposed a little bit from Khabib, you know he suffered a little bit as well since. Mm-hmm. But that being said, I mean, before that fight, if you were going to take Barboza down and have success doing so, you're not going to be able to keep him down. You know right. what I mean? He bounces back up to his feet fairly quickly. And, I mean, Khabib just ragdolled him. He just put it on him. I mean, that was kind of sad to see Barboza in that state, honestly. That's how much of a beating put on him. So that's what Khabib's capable of doing. And I could see the same thing happening to McGregor here if he's not able to keep this fight upright. Yeah. I, I see the same thing. And But, like you said, you know, Johnson kind of lit uh, Khabib up a little bit. And, you know, he'll go for the kill if, if McGregor lays hands. You know, if Mc- McGregor smells blood. He'll go for the kill, and he's a lot quicker than Michael Johnson. So it, I can't really yes. – it, it's really hard for me to pick against Habib. I mean, you know, he's so big. He's so strong. I hope he makes weight. I hope this isn't like the deal. Listen, I picked the I Quinta card with Aljamain Sterling, and we picked some fights, and not one of the fights we picked happened. You know, the craziest <laughs> thing ever. And, you know, we were making tons of jokes that, you know, because Al at the time was going to fight Felder, and – you know, felt really good about that, but um, yeah, I can't pick against him. I I think, I think he could probably even finish him if he if he can control him on the ground. If he can get him to the ground, you know. But Connor could get rangy. You never know. You know. He, yes. He, yeah. He, he he's can, he's go ahead. Well, no, I'm, I'm Connor McGregor. In my opinion, is one of the best strikers I've ever seen yeah. in my life, man. I mean, he, he's just he's accurate. He's 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 smart. Everything about him. I mean, is he's technical. I mean, he's just. He's a beast. So, yeah, I mean, uh, you could just tell, you know, he's going to game play. He, he's going to be prepared for those, you know, takedowns or whatnot, yeah. at least at the beginning. But again, eventually, 
what we're going to see probably is, you know, what's inevitable, I think, and it's going to be probably going to be getting a takedown. But, yeah, there's no yeah. – I, I mean, I would not be shocked at all if, if uh, Connor catches him coming in. Like, if, if he, you know, goes in for a sloppy takedown or, you know, or just doesn't figure out that spacing early enough and, and Connor lands an uppercut on the way in or a knee or so, you know, if catches him something like that, I wouldn't be surprised at all. I wouldn't be shocked at least. I so, either. Connor definitely could win this fight on the feet for sure. He could, and he could keep him – he could – Keep him at total distance, you know, with his jab, with his kicks, and make it harder for, you know, Khabib to get in there. But, but that's a pretty tough order. I, I've not seen anyone be able to keep Khabib at uh, bay yet. So I got to go with Khabib. I, I, think he, I think he wins his fight. I think he is the end still. But you know what? Um, here's the thing. I don't know. There's a lot of big fights for Connor still if uh, Khabib pulls this off and probably – a rematch, you know, down the line. I think Connor's kind of setting everything up for it, you know, saying this rivalry is never going to be over and this and that the, at the latest press conference. But man, I, you know, I, I want to say he be, but I don't feel great about it. But, you know, and every sportscaster, I'm, I'm, you know, or every other podcast I've heard, Anna and Florian, that, you know, they're all, they're all saying Connor, 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 that I, I don't see it, man. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, like I said, he's a special athlete his special talent for sure so yeah. i mean nothing would surprise me but yes i mean it shouldn't be that way i think uh, i think in this fight i mean if you logic says that khabib should be able to get this takedown and, mm-hmm. and win the fight that way so yeah i'm with you man i think anything under two to one actually has some value you got to be careful with it of course because of connor's knockout power but there is a bet to be made here especially as you know this line drops or whatnot and it might still mm-hmm. um but it, right now it's a minus 170 um, so it did, like I said, initially it, it did, uh, open up a little bit higher in the public action coming in on Connor. Um, and it was down, I think to like one fifty ish, it was down to minus one fifty ish. And now it's coming back up a little bit as well with, like I said, some sharper action is coming on Khabib. So sharp betters do believe in Khabib and more of the general public and more of, I don't want to say dumb betters because yeah. there's going to be some smart betters on Connor as well, you know? So I don't want to disrespect people like that. So, but that being said, the majority of those guys are just maybe not the sharpest betters out there that are betting Connor McGregor right now. That's what the sports books are seeing at least yeah yeah okay so now uh before we wrap this up I'm, I'm, I'm not picking any fights for ufc 230 but i made the statement the other day that uh nate diaz never makes 155 pounds again i think he's been passively aggressively kind of trying to pull out of this fight twice at least on twitter and uh you know calling for the 165 pound belt he hasn't made 155 pounds since december 2015 before that, he missed in 2014, and he had trouble making weight for the Benson Henderson fight uh, back in 2012. He was a much younger guy. And let's not forget, he publicly said he hates making 155 pounds and had a stint at welterweight. Uh says he's not paid enough to uh, starve himself. So what do you think? What are the odds of him making 155 pounds again? I don't know. I mean, it's unfortunate if he doesn't. I know. I think it's kind of a good weight class for him. I understand the way he goes. Mm-hmm. These guys go through but I don't know. I mean, it doesn't look that good with everything that we're seeing as of late. I think you're right. I don't, I'm not, you know, I, I think there's a lot of questions coming to play here. Dustin even tweeted something out there, like he blew or something, right? Yeah. We're definitely pushing the, you know, that 165-pound title fight. <laughs> they were trying to, to put it in action and, you know, trying to make it work. But um, I, I wouldn't necessarily be that. I think that's what they should do. I do. I know Connor brought it up. Yeah. Something that, you know, um, wants to see those divisions put into and I think it's it's the smartest thing to do. Go 155, 65, 70. Yeah. 95, 205, and have, why not? Why not? Have more champions. I know, you know, maybe the divisions, some of the divisions might be a little bit more watered down, but you know what? This sport is growing. I mean, you're going to have some serious talent just, you know, keep on 
getting produced uh, out there. You know, it's not like um, the talent's not going to be in that division. Eventually, it will be. There, I think so. They are scraping for title title fights and main events. You know, let's let's put more titles out there. Let's have more main events because you know they're putting that uh, Eubanks versus. Uh, Oh my gosh, uh, Shevchenko and, uh, my gosh, I, I mean, seriously, uh, man, it, it's crazy. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm upset about it. I She was. So that's the issue there. But it's I mean pound for pound to me, she's the best female I mean, she's just so talented. So that's why I think people want to see her be tested a little bit more. I mean, you know, her fight with Montano though, that that would Yeah. That would probably have been, you know, obviously just as easy, if not a little bit easier possibly than Mr. Banks as well. So that wasn't a great fight. But again, Montana was she was the champion. She was. And she deserved it. I mean winning you know the title for that show was tough to get through for sure. So all those winners, man, deserve credit for sure for what he Yeah, I agree. And uh, you know, I, I hope I'm wrong about Nate Diaz and I will I will eat my words if he makes 155 pounds and makes that walk. But too many too many strange things, too many signs are out there. That tweet about, you know, this fights for the 165 pound title. I love Nate Diaz. He's not that articulate. Somebody tweeted that for him, you know? And so th- there is some strategy involved and, and then uh, Dustin tweeting out something also there there's got to be a little collaboration there probably not between the two of them but probably between their teams uh trying to make that happen maybe i'm wrong but uh, you know we will see we will see soon we will see in november but until then we uh, i agree i agree that's the kind of fight that everybody everybody wants to see i mean there's no doubt because you know those guys are going to just it's going to be fire yeah there's no question that that fight cannot be no. And, and uh, yeah, and how about Connor? You know, he just basically said, yeah, you know, look at what Dustin's done since I fought him. And Nate's a great fighter. And, and I love this fight. And, uh, you know, I, yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah, me too. Agreed. Agreed. Well, man, I won't keep you much longer. This has been a lot of fun. I hope we can do it again sometime. And uh, please tell everyone where we can find you and uh, what you got going on. All right. Well, check out our website, MMAOddsBreaker.com. And then you can personally find me uh, on Twitter, at FightOdds. So both of those places. Also, at MMAOddsBreaker on Twitter for the website as well. Awesome. And uh, thanks again. We'll do it again soon. And please keep in touch. All right. Thanks, man. All right. Thank you for being on. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. Well, that was a lot of fun, and thank you for all you periscopers out there that uh, hung into the stream that kept going in and out. Sorry about that. Uh, I have no control over the interwebs. But uh, until next time, this is Aaron Weinbaum. Enjoy the fights this weekend, and shalom. Remember to support the podcast by visiting the affiliate links on AaronSaysWhat.com.
Are you looking for a permanent home for your podcast? Well, Spreaker can do it all. Spreaker will give you your own RSS feed that you can submit to other platforms, including iTunes. Spreaker's mobile app will let you record from your smartphone, or you can use their web-based console with everything you need to record. Their podcasting plans include being able to host multiple shows at no extra charge. Got a YouTube channel? Spreaker's got you covered. You can effortlessly upload your podcast audio to your channel. You can even move your current podcast to Spreaker without losing any of your iTunes subscribers. Try any plan 30 days for free using promo code ASW.